The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Well, I just read that uh, Zuckerberg lost uh, $11 billion today. So hopefully your day's going much, much better. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal uh, locked in for uh, a weekend of Smash Mouth football. You hope if you're a Nebraska fan, Illinois is going to be uh, on site tomorrow. I think they're they're staying where we're doing the show from tomorrow. We're inside the graduate at the single barrel, 4-6 to six tomorrow, as it's a uh, road show Friday, home football Friday at the single barrel. And then uh, we're back there Saturday morning, 11.30 to 1.30, right ahead of kickoff for Nebraska, Illinois. I'd love to get Coach Bielema to sit down with us and – I, I don't the single barrel doesn't have the old 96er that John Candy took down right but I think I think coach B would you and I have hammered the uh the mother of all platters that oh, has three yeah. steaks a burger and sausage we finished it it hurt me we, but it, we but finished it, it. it it was incredible we we posted that triumph on Twitter but I think coach B'd be able to you know be an alignment I think he'd be able to hammer that whole thing by himself. Oh, that's a tall task. Do you think? Task. If we bump into him tomorrow, again, single barrel, offer it up. Coach B, what do you say? Can you do this? We have to make it some sort of competition. Uh, no. I, I think no. I think Bieleman would need the competition in that. If he's, if he's racing some other guy. But see, that's something when you're talking three steaks, a burger, and a, and and some sausage and some brisket. By the way, you uh, you enjoy, you take your sweet old time. It's like one of those four minute drill drives, right? To end the ball game, you had the football. You just keep crushing away. It's third and two. It's third and two. It's third and two, and you get three. You just ran the football. They couldn't stop it. There you go. But but the game plan with a platter like that, if you're going at it solo, is, is you have to take it down quick. If you let it sit for too long, your your stomach's going to start feeling more full. You know, like once it sits, it's going to have gonna a good. Gaps. You got to have a good pace. The, the the pace is probably the most important thing, and I would say that a fast pace is better than a slow pace. Once you start getting slow pace, then you start getting get bogged down. You're no. going to start actually feeling I full. Don't, I I think it's I think it's worse if you just inhale the thing. It, it's going to explode on you. But you don't have time to think about how full you are whenever you're going fast. Once you sit there for a second, and you sip on your water, and then you go, "Oh no, my stomach's actually starting to hurt." Water. 
(laughs) (laughs) Great point. Water. Uh, There's 250 whiskeys to choose from down there. So we're on the road tomorrow. We'll dive into Nebraska, Illinois today. And uh, Brandon Vogel with us from Hale Varsity. Uh, He'll check in with us here around 425 or so. In hour two, he is back uh, on the mend and ready to talk Nebraska and Illinois in the weekend of college football, Coach Gary Barnett will be with us. And and Coach Walters is the defensive coordinator for Illinois. He may be a head coach for Colorado in the near future. We'll dive into that side of the football, what makes Illinois and Coach Walters so good uh, with their system. So Coach Barnett in one hour. Jeremiah Searles, former Husker NFLer, his breakdown of the ball game. Uh, on Saturday. And then Danny Burke, what is VEASAN and Vegas saying about the seven and a half point line? Nebraska's underdog. You can join us. Dive in today at 466-3776-4667-76-800-825-5865. Can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com, and can uh, always find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And, you know, uh, the stream yard is alive and well, and you can watch the show on Hale Varsity's uh, Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio and at ESPN Lincoln Twitter and Facebook. So we, we've talked a lot about momentum and under the previous regime, that was always something that was never able to be grasped and, and held on to. Rarely did you have momentum. What you have right now is a pause after some built-up momentum. You're, you were 2-1. and one. You're coming off a loss, which isn't ideal. But uh, the way you lost that ball game, there's worse ways to go down on the road. Right. There are some things you can take out. The coaching staff's talked about cleaning up and uh, getting ready for Illinois. And then the bigger picture here is for Mickey Joseph, right? You're not hearing a word. There's no leaks. There's no wild speculation. You've had the, the flavor of the week going on for a while, but that's, all, that's also died down. You know, Mickey Joseph has always been a serious candidate. And the drum beat, the volume level for We Want Mickey is probably about a five or six right now on your home stereo back in the day. He beats Illinois. That thing jumps to eight. At least in the moment. There's still a lot of season left, Elijah. There's still five games, four after Illinois. But there's there's a, a big time case. And we just don't know where things are at. And, and his comfort level continues to grow. And the thing that is exciting is, is it's a guy who wants to be here, who loves the kids that are playing for him. And I'm not, that's not a shot at Scott or anybody else. I'm saying Mickey Joseph is a guy who loves connecting with the kids, loves coaching them up, loves giving them confidence, really likes being a, a hard-edge coach demanding but fair and above all wants to push you to get the best out of your ability and the kids see that and what whatever happens i think mickey's a, a guy that that 
is somebody that, that would like to stay one way or the other. I don't know where I'm at. I flip-flopped on, it. does he go somewhere else if he doesn't get the head job? And he has that option if he's not taken care of. But if he does a, a, a good job and just say he falls short of 6-6, six and six, but the 5-7 and seven looks as good as Nebraska's looked in a long time, because we're going to know a lot about this team, Mickey Joseph, in this tire fire he's inherited and 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 that goes a long way with nebraska football fans the the look yeah the the wins need to happen but it needs to look a certain way and it's not sexiness or style points it's do they look like a football team that is is uh, coached up the effort will be there but are they coached up and are they put in position to succeed? Are they getting better, right? Is the team going to get better? And I think you get a chance to see, and you've had extra time to prepare, to really go out and, and take a swing for it. And, and his confidence level has grown, and it should, because he's done a really good job, and that confidence has turned into comfort. And it's a big opportunity here to really make a statement a big time statement for 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 his his permanency as this had the next head coach in Nebraska. And if he takes down Illinois to your point, you, you said that the, the 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 volume around Husker Nation calling for Mickey to be head coach would jump to an eight. I, I think it jumps to a ten. And that that's assuming that this amp goes up to eleven. I, I can't assuming I can't. assuming it goes up to eleven, the, I think it goes moment, to ten. In the moment you're right. It may be it might be Michael J. Fox at the beginning of Back to the Future <laughs> getting blown through Doc's uh, uh office. Okay. But there's still more games. That volume can come back down. Yeah. And and if things don't look good, if they get just bludgeoned by a, a superior physical football team, then then this momentum it, it goes from, from six five, six, or seven, down to one or two. You'll appreciate the job he's doing, but that hot streak's done. Because, I mean, Purdue didn't cancel him. Not at all, because they, they were right in it. They had no business being in it. And they found a way through uh, through big plays to, to be right there if they could have got one stop, right? Well, if they get if they get beat up, I mean, just get outclassed, outmanned. Not his fault, but I think, the, I, I think that, that volume... Uh, is is slowly turned into a mur- murmur. That's well, that's how it is right now. That's that's the the wave of momentum right now. You're 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 cresting high right now, but man, that wave can crash down real soon. Well, because to your point, if you do go get out physical, outmanned against Illinois, you struggle to find another win on on the schedule. And the Big Ten's a week to, a week to week league, but when you look at how these these next rosters coming up in the next five weeks are constructed. They're, they're all constructed a lot more similarly to Illinois than they are constructed to Rutgers or Indiana or Purdue. So if, if you go get bludgeoned by Illinois, yeah, I'm with you. I think that, that noise level starts to go down a little bit because if you lose this game, I, I think you're destined for a 3-9 and nine or 4 and I think season. it's how you lose uh, That's what I'm saying. Game. If you lose the game in the way we're talking, bludgeoned, outmanned, you lose this game by three touchdowns, you're looking at a three and nine or four and eight season. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. what's staring back at you. But if you go win this game, or even if you look good, you lose this game by three points. You covered the spread, and Nebraska did everything they could to win this football game. They just a little bit outmanned on the offensive line, which, based on how I see the game right now, might be the most likely outcome. If that happens, I think we probably hold steady at a five or a six. Mm-hmm. But as you said, if you win, if you are the coach that breaks this 19 game losing streak against ranked foes. 
it's got to jump up to a 10. Hmm. It's got to jump up to a 10, and, and there's more room. That's why I said it. it's on a scale to 11 because there is still a little bit of season left, but it's a big game for Mickey Joseph and, and his pursuit of becoming the permanent mm-hmm. head coach. And if he can win this game, I would go as far as to say it's his to lose. Uh, yes. And listen, we're not, we're not delusional in thinking that this thing still couldn't finish two and three in the final five. Uh, Michigan's off the table. Where where are you at after the next two weeks going into Michigan, right? You, you, you have a real big chance, confidence-wise, to, to get a win at home uh, with your home crowd, with what you've been able to put on the field and, and coach them up. And then Minnesota's not anything special. They're tough, right? You got you to gotta back up the toughness. Uh, in back-to-back weeks, if you win Saturday, you got to handle success the following Saturday against the Fighting Flex. But first things first, figure out a way to stay coherent with all the shots to the head and body you're going to take Saturday. And we've talked about it all week. Nebraska's offense can do some things, right? And Nebraska's offense will have an opportunity to hold on to the football and run the football just because by nature Nebraska's got enough skill weapons to spread out the Illinois defense and Illinois may just say all right brother let's dance they may have a light box Nebraska will have a favorable well <laughs> numerically a favorable opportunity to run the football where it's not an extra safety in the box Elijah just with with formationally what Nebraska can do. Mm-hmm. We're going to the phone lines here before we yeah. get out of the segment. We have? we have Moose on the line. Moose, it's been a while. How are we? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good. What do you think? Well, I think you nailed it on the head. I mean, I, I don't know if I ever thought we'd be sitting here saying if we can look good against Illinois, <laughs> that it might be a good Strange time. times, but that's where, time. where, where things are at. Yep. I think, I think you're right, though. I mean, if we beat a ranked Illinois team, a decibel level goes up to, like Elijah said, a, a 10, assuming it's a scale of 11. Uh, here's, here's what, if we can somehow not have it be a 45-minute to 15-minute time of possession, um, if we don't allow Illinois to grind it out the whole game. And then the other thing is, with, with Illinois, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's primarily single high safety, man-to-man coverage. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna try and lock you down, and their guy's better than your guy. Right, and, and, and they're not. Like, I mean, they can't cover our guys one-on-one. You so we, can, we can't block their guys one-on-one, though. Well, yes. that's, that's, and that's, that's my next point. If we can figure out, team away for Casey to have a little bit of time. He's not going to be able to stand back there all day, but if we get him enough time... To make the throws, we've got the guys that can beat their guys one on one. I think, but it boils down to, and, and I'm stating the obvious, it boils down to both lines. Yeah, and that's that's a worry, Moose. That's an it, absolute it's a big worry. worry. It's Here, a big here's, worry. Here's where that worry could get a little bit of daylight, and that is Casey's mobility. I mean, just from a survival standpoint, his mobility, but rolling the pocket, right? Yes, he's. he's He's been a guy that's been patient in the pocket and, and climbed the pocket and hung in to hit that big or deep throw, but he'll need to be on the roll, and you'll have to ask him and tell him to, to, 
to run the football a little bit. I mean, let him and Grant do a one-two punch with some zone read action and put Illinois in conflict. Well, that's exactly right. When you've got man-to-man coverage and you've got those defenders not really looking in the backfield, if things open up, you know, take off. Send but, everybody uh, deep and just start running. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Sounds like backyard football. I love it. Give it to okay. you. Okay. You guys, you guys, go Big Red. Appreciate you, Moose. Thanks for calling okay. in. Try some of Moose's salsa. That stuff's money. Just a quick shout out. Oh, Moose, moose is mad fresh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I assume it's the same moose. I know a few different mooses. I'm also, waiting. I'm waiting for Rocco to call in on the other line. Moose and Rocco were the two uh, bodyguards for Michael Corleone. You know this. That's Godfather. Yeah. Yeah. Moose and Rocco. Yeah, Those two. Names, huh? they, they got. They got rid of bodies. We've gone everywhere from losing uh, eleven billion dollars to. Running the football, dude. I checked. I lost two hundred bucks on the, my Facebook stock today. That was a disappointment. Well, <laughs> it's only two hundred for you. <laughs> Brandon Vogel's on the way. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code gbr and now and now back to hail varsity radio Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We are presented by Currency. All sorts of great suggestions in the stream yard. You can chime in as well there on the stream. It's ESPN Lincoln Facebook or ESPN Lincoln Twitter. The Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Brennan making his trip in. He comes bearing gifts and uh, <laughs> uh, meat and whiskey is suggested. We've had. Uh, We've had requests in lieu of the, uh, the the picture of that that volume being cranked all the way by Michael J. Fox, beginning of Back to the Future, the the volume level for Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. Uh, it's either Power of Love or Johnny Be Good. We say hi to Brandon Vogel. Vogues, if you had to, to, to pick a song here, are you going with Power of Love or, or the Johnny Be Good uh, rendition by Michael J. Fox from that movie? I, I'm probably I'm, power power of love. Big Huey never Lewis been, guy. Yeah, never been the biggest biggest Johnny Be Good fan. So by default, I think I gotta go with Power of Love. Okay, Vogues is in his football office at Brandon L Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, we will dive into football in a minute. Reaction last night to Nebraska Wisconsin volleyball. I uh, stayed up too late watching it. I thought the second set comeback was incredible. Guts, lots of guts, but. Do you think Nebraska played tight, or was it just? And Cook said this earlier this week that you know he wasn't treating it as end all be all. I mean, they'll see Wisconsin again at least once. Yeah, they will. Um, I was pretty shocked by by the result, um, especially so last night. There's you know not a lot in football that that shocks me anymore. It's kind of like yeah, I see how this could go this way, and you know things get a little bit weird. 
the last night shocked me. It, it, it shocked me as much as 70 to 31 in the 2012 Big Ten championship game. Like, that's seriously where my, that. my head was at. Um, <laughs> and you knew, you know, I was chatting with Jacob uh, Padilla, our volleyball beat writer, after that second set, and you're just like, man, you expend that much energy and you still come out of it down 2-0. It was just, it felt like that was the match there. So, hat tip to Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> served really, really well. I thought that was going to be, I mean, that's, that's big in any match, but I thought it was going to be the key when you get two teams as good as these two together. And credit, credit to the Badgers. They uh, kind of fought through the, the week that was for them and put together a really good performance. Just felt to me like Nebraska was feeling the pressure from, from their passing to a lot of overhits. It, it just felt like <clears throat> they were they were – Feeling the pressure and pressing, whereas Wisconsin was out there playing loose and free. Yeah, I think I think that's accurate. Um, and you know, maybe it's a little bit easier to do that at home. You know, this is what we've seen. Nebraska remains really, really good. We're all aware of that. Um, and you get to these handful of matches where you've got a team that's really your equal. And that's been the case for the past couple of seasons. Um, you know, sometimes it can struggle to put the ball away against those teams. You know, you, you miss somebody like, and I mean, this has been a while now, but uh, Michaela Fecky, where it's just like, go to her and, and she'll she'll make something happen. It's it's kind of ironic, I guess. Like, these teams get to this point by building good teams. Um, and then once you get to that high of a level, uh, then a lot of times, this is case in football too, when you get to the playoff, it comes down to individual matchups. Your great player maybe winning two or three more plays against the the great player they're matched up against. Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity, checking in on Nebraska volleyball. Do you worry about a hangover this weekend for volleyball? I think I I would expect Nebraska to come out and play pretty well. Um, You know, getting, getting back at home, Maryland's a, an athletic team. It's, it's got a really big block. So, so that'll be good. I think for a group of Nebraska hitters that kind of, didn't have a ton of opportunities, but struggled to put away the opportunities they have. Maryland can challenge you in that regard. So um, I think that'll be good. But I, I think Nebraska, I do expect them to bounce back. And like Coach Cook said last night, you know, the rest of the season is now determined by how you bounce back. So they'll have they'll have plenty of motivation there. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Vogel, let's switch gears here, talk some football as uh, the Illini come into town 2.30, and then it's going to be followed up by that volleyball match, which, which will be a fun stack for uh, for Husker fans out there. But when you look at this this Illinois team, the, the topic of the week, for the most part, ha- has been real or fake, the, this Illini team. Yes, they, they've taken care of all the challenges in front of them, but you can also look that, at that strength of schedule and understand, you know what, they haven't had the, the toughest road to get here to get to that number 17 in the country rank. So what is your take on this Illini team? Pretty real. Um, I'm, I'm super impressed with them, and I did not see this season coming for, for Illinois. You know, they had some really nice players back on both sides in secondary D-line and running back in particular. But they, their O-line, you know, they were turning over really four positions there. Uh, they've got two junior college starters, and you don't know, you know, how those things are going to work out, but they've worked out to pretty much the best degree for them. One of the things that I look at each week for for all of the Big Ten teams is post-game win probability, which says, okay, you have these stats. Now, how, how often do you win? 
Illinois was at 0.9 against Indiana, meaning that 90% of the time a team with Illinois stats wins that one. And these other ones, there's nothing fluky about it. Like their lowest post-game win probability is 70%. So they haven't just won. It hasn't been fluky. Like they've taken care of business, really controlled the clock, and they're, they're giving up nine points a game. When it comes to this uh, audition, this uh, moment is is big. You, you have a home game. You have a ranked team. You have a team that's uber physical. And you've shown to be able to motivate and get your kids to play at a high level. Uh, and Mickey and, and the crew are going to keep coaching them up. You know, how, how important is, is Saturday in this big picture for Mickey considering they are underdogged? Um, and, and I'm just saying in reference to Trev and consideration. I mean, is it just one of five or is it got a little more weight because it is a ranked squad that's leading the West? Um, I think it's got a little bit more weight for me personally. It, it has a, a good deal of weight because, you know, I said earlier, there's not much that surprises me in football games. Like they can get wacky in a hurry. And that, that happens multiple times a week across the country. But matchup wise, this one strikes me as pretty tough for Nebraska, just with Illinois ability to run the ball. You know, Nebraska struggles to stop the run. Uh, that defense is keeps teams off schedule as well as any defense in the country. And it gives up relatively more big plays, but they're still average to about better than average in the explosive plays department. Like their strengths seem to hit Nebraska's weaknesses. Nebraska's strength, primarily the big play passing offense, hits a good D-line and a good secondary. So I, I look at this as a tough one for Nebraska. If they find a way to hang in it, and it's going to be – I mean, the only way they do that is through, I think, effort and good tackling, good technique. If they if they find a way to do that, that says a lot to me, uh, regardless of the name of the opponent or their ranking. Does Nebraska take a page out of Indiana uh, with – how they chopped wood. They didn't run the football at all. They abandoned the run in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> they just said white flag time, fellas. But they they threw it around, and, you know, Nebraska has some dudes. I mean, Nebraska's going to have to run the football better than Indiana did. Illinois is a different team. But do you, do you try and take your shots that way? I just – I don't know how I feel – with with Whipple's reaction to to matching physicality, I guess this week the, the tone of <laughs> yeah, that answer. A, it, yeah, it's a big ask, I think, um, based on what we've seen from from both teams. Indiana threw the ball fifty one times in that game, sacked once, so technically it was fifty two attempts. But um, I mean, that's that's what Indiana has to do. We saw when they came into Lincoln a couple of weeks ago; like they're just not not able to run the ball. So Nebraska at least, you know, has shown the ability to run the ball better than that. That said, the passing games at Indiana and and Nebraska to this point have been a little bit different. And it's been the thing I've been wondering for the past couple of weeks with the Husker offense is that run game has struggled. You know, do you get a little bit quicker and shorter and more horizontal with that passing game to try and create some room, not just for those long plays, which we know they're going to take their shots, uh, but also create some room for the run game. So, so we'll see. I'd be surprised to see Nebraska go that pass heavy. But Indiana, you know, even though in my view it's pretty clear, like Illinois played better and deserved to win that game for whatever that's worth. Uh, 
hit four long passes, I think four passes of about 30 yards or more in that first half. And not a lot of teams have been able to do that against this defense. Brandon, do you like Nebraska's odds better in a, in a shootout or a defensive struggle? And also, just as a follow-up to that, which of those two options do you think is more likely on Saturday? I think a defensive struggle is more likely. I mean, uh, Illinois is leading the country in scoring defense. It's only average. Its offense is only averaging 26, but when you give up nine a game, that's 17-point edge each time out. I think for Nebraska to to have a shot here, like they're probably going to need to be around 28, 30 points and say, let's see if Illinois can score that many because this Illinois offense, you know, outside of Chase Brown is, is solid, but not spectacular, I guess is the way I would put it. Brandon Vogel is with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Managing editor, his book also with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Follow Vogues after you read him with Hale Varsity on, uh, at Brandon L. Vogel. So when we look at Chase Brown and, and his rushing numbers, you know, what's a – I've asked this too during the week. What's a good day for the black shirts against, against Brown? Uh, probably – keep him under 150 like seriously i mean he's i don't know what he's averaging per game he's already over a thousand yards one of two running backs in the country over a thousand yards leads the nation at over 27 carries per game on average so i mean there's not a lot of mystery here they just give it to him and say he's pretty good good luck tackling him and i mean and he gets a ton of yards after contact too which is which is the other thing um so like even if you're sound and everybody's where they're supposed to be like he's a player who's just good enough to say, well, that's that's great, but this case maybe it's not good enough because I'm just going to make a guy miss or break a tackle or whatever it is. So I don't know what his average is, yards per game, but, I mean, he's going to get his yards. He's going to get his carries. So you keep him under 150. It may not look like much when you pull out the box score, but I would consider that a pretty decent day. 150 with minimal 20-yard gains, 20-plus yard yeah. runs. Casey Thompson, about 15 seconds. Is he a rushing threat tomorrow or Saturday, do you think? You'd hope so. Uh, it, it seems to work when they when he does pull the ball down or run it by design. So that's another piece where I'm thinking you're struggling to hand it off. Maybe let's look a little more towards that. Especially with how much Illinois loves their man coverage. That's when quarterback run is so dangerous. And again, everyone go deep. Casey, you just run, man. Yep. Vogues, we'll talk Saturday, but thanks for the time. Thanks a lot, guys. There he is, Brandon Elvogo with us. We'll hear from Mickey coming up. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Open phones here. You want to chime in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Big thanks to Brandon Vogel. He'll be on the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. We're giving you a couple of different options on the pod. Uh, Full show, if you want to take us with, awesome. If you want individualized segments, that is there too. Big thanks to Elijah Herbal for all of that. You want to watch it? Good on you. It's on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Tickets, how about them? Red Zone tickets, where you go. Selling fun since 2001. You want to go see Nebraska, Illinois? Or maybe you can't make it because you got a in-law birthday party. 
condolences. That said, buying or selling tickets, Red Zone tickets, your source for all types of events. That's Husker football. That's Husker volleyball. Creighton Hoop's going to be just dynamite this year. They'll have option for Blue Jay tickets for you. Concerts, big country show coming up. This weekend at CHI, Dave Matthews going to be in November. CWS, are you into the theater like Frazier and Niles? What I'm telling you is redzonetickets.com, your source. They are local. They're out of Omaha and an A-plus better business bureau rating. 100% guarantee on all orders. You'll get those authentic tickets, and you can cross that item off your bucket list. You want to see Nebraska beat a ranked team for the first time since 2016? Redzonetickets.com. Redzonetickets.com, creating memories that last a lifetime. And think about that Saturday stack that you can get with. Mm-hmm. You can go check out go that to, Illinois game. CS the single barrel. CS the single barrel Saturday Friday, morning. Friday, Saturday, yes. Obviously. And then you can go check out the game. Nebraska, Illinois. And then you'll have 30 minutes. You can walk over to the Bob. Yep, boom. Go check out volleyball. What a Saturday that can shape up to be. And it could be a memorable Saturday, right? You, yep. you, you take Nebraska down, you take Illinois down, boom. You have a comp. For this Illinois team? Somewhat. Okay, tell me the comp. So just as this week goes on, as I dive into Illinois, the more and more this Illinois team reminds me of Michigan State last season. Herculean effort. Way different football team for Nebraska in the front seven. Would I, you agree? I agree with that 100%. Defensively? I, but, but you look at this, this Illinois team. What they do, they do really, really well. Which is... Whenever they can get the ball moving with consistency on offense with Chase Brown, they can turn to that RPO action, they can turn to that play action, and it really lets DeVito shine. That's what he does well. But last year against Michigan State, you were able to take away Kenneth Walker and thorn their quarterback. He's not the type of guy that could stand in the, the pocket. The flea flicker's and, and the only thing that you. screwed you. And in a punt. Well, right. But I'm saying offensively, that's all they got was the, the, the flea flicker. Exactly. And it was because Nebraska's defense was able to take away what Michigan State did well offensively. And then you saw Michigan State start playing real nervous because no one had taken away their strong suits all season long. What do we do with our offhand? Exactly. They, they didn't know what to do with themselves, and that team was just a team that looked nervous, and they didn't finally get a spark until that punt return in the fourth quarter. That's what changed the game because they looked lifeless. The, the nervousness became almost dejection from that Michigan State team. Defensively, they, they were very solid, but uh, again, they weren't like a multiple defense that was going to shock you the way they did. As that game went on, Nebraska settled in offensively a little bit more, started to get their game plan going, and Michigan State didn't have a counter to that. And that's the same way I see this Illinois team this season. Yes, they've done what they were supposed to do against the teams on their schedule so far. What they do, they do well. They hand the ball to Chase Brown. They work that RPO, that a play-action game. Defensively, they do what they do. Cover one, they're going to try to drop a safety down into the box, and I guess we'll see if they come out and make any changes this week coming out of a bye week for Nebraska because Nebraska is so different offensively. But if Nebraska can start taking advantage of what Illinois does defensively, I think it could be that same thing where Illinois has never really been tested like that all season long where, you know what, plan A is not working, we got to go to plan B. I don't think I've seen Illinois have to do that yet this season. And it was the same story last year with Michigan State. As soon as they had to go to plan B, they started getting nervous because they hadn't had to do that to that point that season. Now, to your point, I agree 100%. This is a completely different Nebraska football team this season, especially up front. In in some ways bad, in some ways better, right? I mean, I think the difference this year with Mickey and, and, and the crew, I think you, you – while it's not fair to say that doubt's been eliminated, I think there's way more positivity 
I think there's this feeling of belief they can win versus when is something bad going to go wrong and how do we step on our tail to fumble this away? I think, I think that's, that's a real difference. I think there's confidence with this football team, right? And, and Mickey talked about it. could see it in their eyes. They, they were hurt versus seeing that deer in headlights with the team when it got tight. How do you screw it up this time, right? I think, I think that it's not ever gone, right? Too much PTSD over the years. But they've shown the ability to eke out one win on the road against Rutgers. They found a way to, 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 to break a tie against Indiana. Different team, I get it. But at least from a mentality standpoint, that's different for the positive this year. You just don't got some dudes that are on practice squads or part of the 53-man roster in that front seven this year to, to stop a running attack. Who's with us? We got Chris on the line. Chris, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. That just could be infuriating, though. Nobody flips things upside down. You know, they'll, they'll say, look at the, the Brett or Illinois – who they've played and, and their defense isn't you know quite as good as it looks because of who they played, but they don't flip it around either way. I mean, because Nebraska's played, they have not played a good defense this year whatsoever. Um, Oklahoma's probably the worst in the Big Five. Um, I mean, they are just a horrible defense. They've given up over 40 points every game since Nebraska. Um, they're just pathetic. Uh, and the only possibly above-average defense is Purdue. I, I would Rutgers say I would okay. I would say Rutgers defense is it's still top twenty top twenty five nationally. That's a good defense they played and they were held to fourteen points. Yeah, they're yeah they right they scored fourteen points on them. Um, still enough. So, you know, uh, <laughs> offensively Illinois is much better than you give them credit for. They ran the ball against really good defenses already. Yep. And now they're playing Nebraska, one of the worst run defenses. They've yeah, already that's, run the that's ball the nervous well. part, man. That's the nervous yeah, part yeah. about Saturday where dude and could go for 200. Around. They could throw the ball around. They're not just, you know, a one, one-trick pony. You know, they've got receivers and tight ends, and they throw over 30 times a game. And, and you know, Iowa has got one of the best secondaries in the nation. And, you know, they played them. Uh, Nebraska does not have one of the best secondaries in the nation. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I think Nebraska – you know, has a you know decent chance, uh, you know, fighting chance to to win this game, but it just gets crazy because no one ever flips the script. They always got tunnel vision when they're talking. You know, oh, Nebraska can do this because Illinois. You know, if you look at closely, I, I will but say, they don't look Chris, let me jump. Closely. Let me jump in. I will say that I will say that from a skill standpoint, and Elijah's made this point this week. I don't know that Illinois seen a guy like Palmer. Okay. I don't know that Iowa, Minnesota, or Wisconsin have somebody like that. From an offensive line standpoint in a running game, you're absolutely right. Those three previous teams they beat and shut down way better than Nebraska's rushing attack or offensive line. But from a can you can you hit them deep a couple of times? That opens up a lot. Well, yeah, the, that's... certainly that's the option. And if we can keep uh, uh, keep Casey upright, uh, you know. But uh, it's big. We're up and, against at least it. Two, at least two of those big plays, uh, uh, and it was great. Casey noticed it. But at least two of the big plays were just blown coverages, completely blown. I mean, Trey's an excellent receiver. I'm, not, you know, All right. uh, we, we got to we got to rock, dude. Thanks. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Yeah, we were up against it, Chris. Didn't mean to catch you off there. Thanks for checking in and chiming in like you do. And, yeah, we just don't know, right? I mean, we don't know. Uh, that's what's going to be fun about Saturday. What can Nebraska's skill and special dudes do against a really high-level defense that hasn't really played a, a great offense? Flipping it around, you know that Illinois has done some big-time work against really good defenses or at least ranked defenses versus Nebraska's showing against uh, Rutgers. So what what's going to win out, right, between game plan, scheme, and execution? Mickey Joseph chimed in uh, with uh, prep and uh, how things are set up to go Saturday as he met the media this afternoon. You know, no repeat Thursday. Went in the stadium today. You know, we'll go inside tomorrow. We want to go in the stadium so we can get a feel for it. The quarterbacks get to throw in the stadium because, you know, the win in Nebraska can be a little tricky at times. So we took him in. We took him out there today. It was, it was good practice, though. It was detailed. They were on point with things, and I feel good about where they're at right now. So, hey, get him used to the environment. Little thing. Big thing. <laughs> Throwing in Immemorial Stadium. I, why not get him uh, used to their set up that was maddening where in some instances you'd you'd bring in a guy and then because they hadn't practiced in the stadium and I think this happened with a guy like newbie back in the Riley era they didn't they wouldn't at least they they hadn't practiced or they hadn't practiced that time of day so there was a toss or a pitch to him or something where the sun was in his eyes where he was set up and uh, and, you know, it, it wasn't an excuse. It was like, well, we, we hadn't practiced in the stadium, so they weren't, they weren't used to it. But this is good. This is a, a detail thing. You can spend all day or outside or inside the practice facility or out on the grass, or you can be in the stadium leading up to, uh, to kickoff, which is good. Uh, more on physicality from Mickey here. Is it ready? Has the physicality build up? gone as planned for this week i think they're i think they're a physical group right now i think they they believe that they're a physical group and we we had a physical practice tuesday and a physical practice wednesday so we want to continue to be physical we, we got to try to be the most physical team on the field every saturday that's 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 what nebraska was built on nebraska football was built on being physical and that's that's what we got to get to good on him brennan asked the most important question we're Cell phones allowed in the Wisconsin locker room last night. <laughs> we're going there today. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 he's like, I suppose cell phones were probably not allowed in the Wisconsin locker room last night. He asked the question. I just read it out loud. <laughs> 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 That's funny. Come on. <laughs> it's funny. I just don't know where to go with that. <laughs> no, it just, you just, I, the answer, I don't know, Brennan. <laughs> I hope not. Maybe we'll find out six months from now. No, easy, easy. But no, Mickey seems pretty comfortable. They're uh, they're ready to go. They'll do another walkthrough tomorrow. And uh, more from Mickey here. Linebackers, Elijah, going to be huge this this weekend. I'm proud of those guys because, you know, they went from playing 20 snaps to 60 snaps. And they, like I said, they were really detailed this week. And um, Ernest, Ernest had a really good week of practice. So, between those three kids, they got to be the whole day on. You know, we know Luke's gonna have to play more snaps since since Nick's out. But I'm really proud of those three those three kids. Well, they'll need to uh, pack their lunch and uh, be ready to go 
Good plan and rotation. Got to make some tackles. Coach Barnett in 10 minutes, Hour 2 with Hale Varsity. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. He is back and ready for some football. We welcome in Hall of Fame coach Gary Barnett. Uh, coach, we, uh, in your honor, did uh, three racks of ribs last weekend and did some short ribs. And I, I would have saved some for you, but I don't think you were feeling like having anything, man. Good to, good to spend time with you today. Well, thank you. Yeah, I couldn't have eaten the ribs, and, and I would have wanted to. But uh, <laughs> about all I can handle now is pablum, applesauce, and getting through it. We'll be all right. Well, a lot of college football to dive into. And, and I want to start with, with Ryan Walters, Illinois' defensive coordinator, Nebraska hosting the Illini. They come in ranked. They come in as pretty much the West favorite. They've done a lot of heavy lifting, Coach early this season with the, the kind of the big three of the West, they've made it through. What do you like about Coach Walters and uh, just his style of defense? Illinois is number one in the country. Ryan Walters is, is a heck of a young man, and he's um, he's done a great job. He did a really good job at Missouri and Memphis. Now he's at Illinois with uh, with Brett Bielema. They've got, like you said, the number one defensive in the country, but Ryan has always been a student of the game. He was a high school quarterback that we knew was going to be a safety and I've been around Ryan since the day he came into this world and his, his dad was a quarterback for me and I recruited his dad and his dad would have been a great quarterback for offenses that are out there right now. We were running the wishbone at the time when we got Ryan and or when he got his dad Mark it just wasn't built to run the wishbone but he could throw it so well on the run and make reads and that kind of stuff if this offense shotgun was around Mark Walters would have been a top 25 quarterback in the country. I, of course, followed Ryan and uh, recruited him, and Eric Benamy was on our staff when, when Ryan was getting starting to get recruited, and, and Eric had babysat him. Of course, he and uh, Eric and, and Ryan's dad are best friends, and so, you know, he's been around our family, and our, we've been around his family for, for years and years, since 1980s, so it's, uh, you know, I know him as a person and as a coach, and, you know, I got uh, let go before he finished his career, you know, I, I think he then became a GA for, for Dan Hawkins. Yeah, he's been around the game, he's he's very intelligent got a great family and you know i think he's a right he's going to be a head coach you know i don't know if it's going to be this year but it certainly well could be he's the name you hear 
right? He's a name you hear for the Colorado opening. Do you think he'd be ready? And is that a job he'd want to look at? Well, I'm sure he would want to look at it. You know, we've discussed it a little bit. And I know he would he would want to look at it. It's uh, whether or not he, uh, and I'm I'm relatively sure he'll he'll be interviewed because you just have to, you can't pass up on a, one of your guys, and, and uh, meaning the Colorado guy, and a, a guy who's done so well has a has a heart for the place. I mean, it's it was it'd be like passing up Mickey Joseph. So mm-hmm. it's um, he'll be a guy I'm sure will be involved in the mix before it's all over. Each week you and I talk that that mix, you know, one it gets bigger, more people are in it, and mm-hmm. then two the deadline becomes closer and closer. So things have to happen. Yeah, I, I'm sure Ryan will be a uh, be featured in this thing. It's just whether or not the athletic director where he wants to go with it. We'll have to see. Gary Barnett with us on Hale Varsity Radio talking Ryan Walters, Illinois defensive coordinator. Coach, are you surprised or did you think this could hit as quick as it has for Illinois? This year, they're just mauling people, great front end and back end defensively and really talented O-line. Are you surprised it's happened this soon for Illinois? I'm not surprised by anything Coach Peleman's involved with. Uh, you know, I've been around him, coached against him, and done his games on the radio. And when he was at Arkansas, when he was at Wisconsin, you know, and just you know, I I know Brent fairly well, but mm-hmm. he's a heck of a football coach. And then you, you take a place like Illinois, who is close to a really pretty doggone good hotbed of recruiting. It's you know, I don't think the average fan really appreciates the fact that you. You got Chicago that close. You got Indiana, Indianapolis that close, which are both good football school uh, uh, communities. Um, you know, you're in a college town. It doesn't look like a destination place, but it's it's a uh, it's a good place and it's a great school. So it's uh, you put the right guy in there, you know, and you're you're gonna, you you got a chance to do something. You got to have great assistance, and I think he's got that. So. Yeah, I'm not. I'm never surprised at what Brett does, and so they've they've done a good job here, and they're going to be a physical team. I guarantee you that. Every team he has is that way. I don't know how Nebraska matches up the first of a tough stretch for the Big Red. It's been a topic matching physicality. What do you uh, think of this ball game uh, with Nebraska? They're at home. It's a national audience. Nebraska's lost 19 straight to ranked teams. I don't think Illinois overwhelms me, but I think they are really tough and good at what they do. So I don't know how it, how honestly it'll shake out in favor for Nebraska. I do know that the Mickey'll have the kids playing tough and confident. I, I think that's that's something that that we feel good about here, at least covering Mickey and Nebraska since the change. Well, I, I'd say if you know Mickey's when you look at his next five. And you can say they're really they're difficult and physical, and that's very true. But you know he's in a position, really. If, if he can find a way to win uh, four of these games, okay, and, and, the, and the next three you got Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. There, you know, you, you're going to be in those games. Michigan, I'm not sure, but you're going to be in those games. And then Illinois, I mean, you're seven and a half point underdog at home, and so. That could change really quickly. So, you know, there's four games out there that if he's coaching his fanny off and those kids are are responding to him, that he's going to have a chance to be in and have a chance to, you know, who knows, if you, if you get it to the fourth quarter and you get hot at the quarterback spot, 
anything can happen. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're allowing a lot of yards on defense and that's, that's the problem, but, uh, they're going to be in it. And Mickey's got a, he's got a legitimate chance here to, to make a mark at Nebraska as a coach. Coach Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Put your AD hat on. How are you judging Mickey? Is it in wins and losses? Is it look? Is it momentum? Is it recruiting? How would you ballpark this thing, when, whether or not you you go national? I mean, the other part of this well, equation, too, Coach, is are you going to get some – is there a guy that will say yes, or are you, uh, are you getting a lot of no's or maybes, right? Well, I, th- I think because he's you're around him day in, day out, you can see how he runs an operation, and that's critical. I mean, uh, six, most successful guys have successful operations. Mm-hmm. You got a few guys out there that are a little, that are you know, just you know, off the charts like Mike Leach. Mm-hmm. That you, you probably can't do anything but judge what happens on the field. But you you know, you judge the guy by the way he he organizes, presents, how his players respond how his coaches respond how the people in the building respond your fundraisers are around him how he's you know it's 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 a great job opportunity test for mickey but it's just as good for trev alberts as it is for mickey so you get a chance to see whether you can work with this guy and whether you know you, you know he's got the pedigree but you know can he run an operation and that's critical today and so he's Mickey's getting exposed to NIL stuff. He's getting exposed to the portal as a, as a head coach. He would not have been exposed to as an assistant coach, mm-hmm. quite the same. And, you know, he's, he's going to learn, and hopefully he's talking to coaches about how to, how to do all this stuff. Nobody really knows. But I think, I think in the big picture, the, the head coach has got to be above all the NIL stuff and above all the, the, the portal stuff. I think it's the assistant coaches that are going to be involved with it a lot. And so he's got to oversee that and uh, learn, learn how to keep an arm's reach away from it, but also be in control of it. Gary Barnett, couple minutes, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, what would you do if you're the Big Ten moving forward as uh, one more hurrah for the West in 2023? Would you go divisionless? Would you go pods? How would you put the uh, the schedule and set up together for 2024 and beyond? Yeah, and I haven't thought a lot about that, Chris. I, I am sort of in favor of uh, no divisions, but that depends on what school I'm in. Yeah, no if, kidding. If, you know, I mean, it totally comes down to where I'm coaching. And so if I'm at Penn State or I'm at Michigan uh, or, um, you know, maybe Michigan State, you know, probably, probably maybe not, but uh, yeah, probably Michigan State. I'm, I'm going to somewhat be in favor of no divisions. Mm-hmm. But if I'm out at Nebraska and I'm at Wisconsin and I'm Iowa and Minnesota and Illinois and Northwest, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing for the divisions or a pod. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably not going to get divisions. So I got to sort of figure out how how's the best way for me to find a way to win seven or eight games every year. And uh, I'm guessing it's the luck of the pod is probably the best way to go. Um, I, I think I think no divisions uh, probably gives me a chance as well. But I uh, you know 
then it's going to come down to luck of the schedule a little bit. But yeah, I I, uh, I think it depends on where I am. Coach, what what do you think of of the situation in Iowa? You had Coach Ferentz uh, kind of lash out and then put an apology out, but honestly, their offense and the situation he's in with with his son, right? I mean, Brian's the OC and things aren't going well. How do you view that situation from afar? You've got an elite defense that it looks like it's being wasted. Yeah, I know. It's, you know, and Kirk has been able to sort of dodge all this stuff through the years and uh, and stay in that position and still put a winning team out there. But, you know, you make the decision to make your son the coordinator. you got to live with it and die with it. And dying with it means either uh, you have a place to go home at night, or or you uh, you know you 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 don't. And so it's uh, it's. I mean, really, it's what it looks like. It boils down to. It's not that simple, of course, but it's. Uh, you know, I feel for him. You know, the objective side of you says you got to make a change, dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the other side, the human piece of it you go I get it you know and I don't know what you do mm-hmm. you know but you know I I think a lot of it has I think it's a discussion he has I'm sure he's had and has to have with his son about you know are we going to both go down with this uh, is that what it's going to look like if so I'll do it uh, or you know is this something that you you need to you know get out of here for a while and, and go you know redo yourself uh or what but i'm sure those conversations are going on and they're not fun you got to sell it to mama honestly i mean if if i'm if i'm if i'm brian i'm like look i'm not doing my job and uh i haven't done my job and i'm taking this thing down i got to step out of the way for the old man i got to do the right thing that's my take well that's what it looks like on the outside but it's it's never that way. It's always a lot more complicated than that on the inside, and we don't know those those yeah, complications. You're right, Gary Barnett with us, Coach. Let's uh, dive into some weekend action. Ohio State visits Penn State minus fifteen and a half. Buckeye stubbed their toe. Cover. What do you think? Cover. Uh, they're good. <laughs> they are really. You know, good. I mean, I don't. I don't think I have to worry about that. But that'll be. It'll be a good game for a while. But I think. I think they're just. They're just that good. You know they're they're top two or three teams. Okie State's phenomenal. What a what a win over Texas. A tough one against DCU. Otherwise, they're still unbeaten. They're at Kansas State. I know Adrian went down. The backup came in, and then TCU roared back. What happens in Manhattan? Minus one and a half, Gay State. Uh, can you believe that spread? Yeah, I mean, that's a, just a great run in Big Twelve games, Coach. I mean, every weekend it's been fun. I know. Well, it's been a great conference this whole year. I mean, I can't believe Oklahoma State is is not favored in this game. Uh, you know, whether I like Chris Kleiman, I like everything and Adrian, all that stuff. Hey, you know, I'd, if I'm putting money on it, I'm going with Oklahoma State. I, I find it hard to believe that Kansas State's favored in this game, except Oklahoma State just can't play defense, but they can outscore everybody. Mm-hmm. Kentucky at Tennessee, minus 12.5 Tennessee. Uh, Stoops is a name that, that we talked about last week for Lincoln. Do you think he'd uh, he'd leave Kentucky in the SEC? I don't know that him and uh, Calipari are boys, uh, but give me a thought on that coaching uh, name for Nebraska and also Tennessee-Kentucky. 
Well, I, I, I couldn't bet against Tennessee. You know, I just, I couldn't bet against them right now. They just, you know, Josh Heupel's maybe the best play caller in football and they got it going. Quarterback will be at New York for the Heisman candidacy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I couldn't bet against them in that game, but, uh, Stoops is, um, has absolutely done a great job. Everybody's everywhere he's been is whether or not he wants to leave the South mm-hmm. and, um, and, and come to anywhere. But he's, a, he's a, certainly a good candidate for any position, I think. Nebraska, Illinois, Coach, uh, minus seven and a half. You're taking points, you're laying points. You know, uh, it's at Nebraska, and, and I think it's actually up to eight or something is what I saw yesterday. Okay. But I, uh, you know, I don't know. They're, I, uh, Illinois, I, it's going to be hard to move against that offense. That I'm assuming that defense, but um, – I think Illinois wins the game just because they can play so well defensively. Gary Barnett, coach, get uh, to feeling better. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk again. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Great being with you. Good stuff from Coach Barnett. Tail Varsity Radio presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Got to go. Currency. More thoughts from the line perspective. Jeremiah Searles next on Hail Varsity Radio. <laughs> Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut pre-teen Swedish boy. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herb, welcome in our favorite Husker lineman, longtime NFLer Jeremiah Searles with us in his Husker, well, we'll say cave. We'll say that. And so you got, you got your Charger helmet, you have your Husker helmet, those watching on the stream, your Panther helmet. Where's the, uh, your Viking helmet, where's the Bills helmet? The Bills helmet is MIA. I've been trying to get it for years, and they oh, keep no. saying they're going to send it, and they won't, just like the Carolina jersey is MIA. Those are the last two things I need to round out the Searles NFL Journey collection, and I uh, can't get my hands <laughs> on them. Well, there you go. I, I was wondering, okay, we and you have a nice set of four. Move your head to the left real quick so folks can see. And, okay, and maybe, okay, the camera shot just doesn't have that Bills helmet on top. But, no, you're, you're, you're waiting on the, uh, the Bills helmet. Did you, uh, yeah. did you sell any of your Nebraska jerseys? Sometimes oh. guys will uh, part ways with them. You'll see I it on sell, eBay or, or YouTube or something. No, you know, actually, I didn't sell any of them. I donated a lot of them. Yeah. You know, I gave, like, to the Team Jack Gala or any type of, like, gala or auction or something that they'd mm-hmm. ask for donations. Um, I gave majority of them, uh, my extras, uh, away to those. You know, I'm down to probably five or six left. And, you know, I'm keeping on to those. I'm holding on to those. You know, there's some special ones in there. The first bowl game, my, my freshman year, 
Um, you know, I got the alternates. I, I don't give any of those alternates up. Those are all really ones that I, I want to keep. But, you know, I, I keep all those. And then I've given away some NFL ones. I just have one of each uh, each color from the NFL mm -hmm. ones. So I'm kind of down to no more jerseys to give out and time to get them shadow boxed. Did, did you have any of those jersey swap moments after games where you got uh, some cool jerseys sitting in a, a box or frame somewhere at the house? Yeah, you know, I got Amir's, I got Rex, Spencer Long's, Qualies, like everyone that I ever played against that was a Husker, we swapped. Okay. Um, so I got all those, you know, and then I got a couple guys that I played with. I got King Dunlaps, who was an offensive lineman, uh, Nick Hardwicks, uh, Joe Berger, you know, just guys that I played with that were mentors to me in the game that I just never want to forget, you know, swap with them at the end of year type thing. Ever go glory days and just throw uh, the, the road white jersey on at home and kind of wander around? Absolutely not, dude. Those things, I don't know how I fit in those damn things. Those things are so small. Like, those things look like my wife should wear them as a crop top. <laughs> so there's a no to walking around. See the jersey? Yeah. Uh, yeah where's the beach? Yeah. Nerds. Yeah, yeah. Searle's with us here on Hale Varsity. All right. Uh, let's dive into Illinois. And man, they're looking—they're uh, looking like the favorite right now. Um, We—we've <laughs> dissected their schedule. We've touched on the fact that their defense is one or two in the country against the run, against the pass, and in scoring defense. What's the game plan here for Nebraska? Yes, get third downs. Yes, score points. But uh, let, let's get into the how, Searles. Yeah, you know, I talked about it early on the podcast this week, but and then it was good to kind of hear the team echo it. The run game on offense has to get going. You know, this is obviously a team, the Husker offense can throw the ball over the yard. You got Trey Palmer's the number one ranked wide receiver in the country, rightfully so. You've got Marcus Washington. You've got a lot of weapons on the outside, but against a team like Illinois that's got extremely good defense, you'll be crazy if you don't think they're going to say, oh, yeah, Trey Palmer, you ain't having 200-plus receiving yards on us if we can help it. You know, they're going to find and try and take away. Now, I'm not saying that individually he can't go win those matchups, but they're going to make it really hard on him. And they're going to give us light boxes, in my opinion. You know, I think they're going to say, hey, Nebraska, beat our guys up front and run it. And then they're challenging their front. They're saying, hey, they're, that Illinois D corner is saying, boys, I'm not loading the box. I'm not dropping the safety in go win your one-on-one -on -one matchups and make them pass into this back-end coverage, you know? So I think the run game is something that offensively we have to get going. Grant a lot of touches. I think it's going to happen with Casey's feet, too. You know, I think getting Casey Thompson moving around, zone read stuff, just to make them keep them honest. That's how you beat them, and you don't let them just own the clock and get off the field because, man, that defense is really, really good. Yeah, and Charles, that's where I was going to go next. But with that front seven, I guess with how much that they do drop a safety down into the box based on what I've seen, you can almost call it yep. a front eight. But with that front seven, do you think it's the most talented and the biggest task the Husker offensive line is going to have to face this season with what Illinois brings up front? Michigan's probably first, if I had to say, a better front seven. I think more talent. But I think by a schematics and by a system overall, you know, I think that um, this is definitely a team that schematically – they do the best thing. You know, they do the things, they do it right. They make sure that everyone is a gap sound, assignment sound, you know, all of that. So they are very systematically clean on defense. And I think that they are a defense that makes it so that you beat yourself. You know, they're built to say, hey, let's go ahead and make you go 80 and see if you cannot make a mistake because we aren't. You know, they play extremely fundamentally sound football on the defensive side. 
Jeremiah Searles with us. Hale Varsity Radio previewing Nebraska, Illinois at Searles 71 underscore HSKR. Follow him on Twitter. Searles uh, defensively, uh, let's flip it around to, to Nebraska and what's ailed them, and that is stopping the run. They've been pretty opportunistic in the secondary. I mean, they have a handful of interceptions. Pass rush-wise, though, that's been not real consistent your sound effect more uh, more accurate than than my word inconsistent but you know what what's nebraska do i know they're gonna be in the right spot they'll be high effort but it, it's it's a tough expectation quite honestly for them to morph into somebody that can can contain a guy like chase uh, i think now maybe you hold him to to a minimum of three yards but that's not how He's gotten down all year. He's always been great for an extra two after contact. Yeah, I mean, his ability to avoid first contact, I mean, is something that he's been very, very good at. And, you know, I think for him, the big thing is you have to gang tackle this guy. You have to make sure that you go and you have 10 hats, 11 hats running to the football every single time because he is good at getting those yards after contact. The other thing he has is he is very patient. He is very willing to stay behind that big offensive line and wait for the hole to develop and wait for his team. And when he does, he has extremely good bursts. You know, he's one of by, if not the best, he's probably one of the best backs in the Big Ten. You know, so they're going to feed him. But it goes back to our guys have to make sure that they hold these linemen up and don't let them climb up on these linebackers. You know, that's one thing as I watch this Illinois offensive line, they're really good at getting to the second level. They're very good at getting and latching on linebackers. And you talk about Nick Henrich being out too. So now you're saying Luke Reimer and... Kalarvik, who I mean, love Kalarvik, but he's just not a huge guy. He's not a guy that's built to butt up an offensive guard 50 times a game. You know, so they're going to see that and they're going to run at him. And, you know, the ability that like guys like Ty Robinson and Feast, those guys have to hold in there on those double teams and allow those linebackers to use their athleticism to run and meet Brown in the hole, not a glancing blow as they're getting blocked. Well, Sorrell, has that been a theme of when Nebraska has struggled with their run defense this year? It's, it's that the def- defensive line doesn't do a great job holding up the offensive line. I think back to, to Northwestern and Purdue and Oklahoma. And the theme for me looking back at those games was, those linebackers always had offensive linemen on them. They weren't free to go make plays, and, and that just seems to be the problem with the, the rushing defense as a whole this season. Is that the same way your more expert eyes see it too? Yeah, you know, that's the, that's always the problem when you have a team that's running the football over you is that you're not creating a new line of scrimmage on their side of the ball. You know, when you get linemen up on linebackers, it's because you have displaced the defensive linemen. You know, and that's what we were always taught in every level was, hey, move the downs into the lap of the linebacker you know it's not just hey let's glancing like just come up it's a double team knock them displace them get them out of their gap and then climb you know when you have dominant defenses they live on your side of the line of scrimmage they're creasing those double teams they're disrupting the timing so that these linemen are pushing against each other and you're not getting movement and you're taught as an offensive lineman if you're not getting movement on the d lineman you don't come off to the linebacker so you stick on that for even if it's a half second longer that's enough time for a guy to shoot the gap come over the top whatever the scheme is but when you displace those d linemen quickly off the line of scrimmage you're able to climb because that guy's already on his heels Searles, let's talk about Mickey Joseph and, and the job he's done and what Saturday could do momentum-wise. Yeah, it's still an open audition. You have a five-game season. You have a tough stretch, consecutive matchups with big physical teams. But, man, this could put that Mickey uh, Trev thought bubble into overdrive if you pull off a win. It's been 19 games since Nebraska's beaten a ranked team. Seriously? Yes. That Oregon. That- 
Your boy Tommy Armstrong against Oregon, 2016. Oh, yeah. yeah. When I was just a wee pup. Um, you know, I think, you know, hearing stuff like that, like every game for Mickey Joseph right now is a statement game. And every game gets more and more important for him. You know, and I think that there's something to, yes, everyone's kind of like, is Mickey the guy here? Is he not? But to be honest, I think Mickey's interviewing the rest of the country, too. You know, teams are going to look at Mickey Joseph and see how he handled the adversity here, see how he handled things and think, is he head coach material? You know, not just for Nebraska, but for my team. If I'm an AD for around the country, you know, you're always looking for head coaches. Shoot, we saw how many got fired. There'd be a lot of vacancies. There always is. You know, so I think he's trying to put his best foot forward, not just for Nebraska, but for the rest of the country, you know. And if he goes out and gets statement wins like this, like it does put a lot of thought into Trev's mind of, is he the guy? Is he who we need? But at the same time, like, I think I would love to keep him on staff here, regardless of who becomes the head coach. But there's a chance that he gets poached by someone else. Searle's going to go to uh, final thought here on Nebraska, and we'll sneak in a little NFL. Do you think Nebraska's got it in them to pull it off? Uh, What's it going to take? You know, I think we do. And, you know, one of the big reasons I say that is Memorial Stadium, as much as people don't fear it like they used to to come in, it's still an absolute difference maker. Fans make a difference. College atmospheres are so crazy and so wild. You know, it's been a while since fans have been in Memorial Stadium. I think there'll be a little bit of an itch for guys to get back in and loud. And the weather's going to be beautiful, unfortunately, for my hunting season. You know, but the weather's going to be great. People are going to be drinking and having a good time. So that makes a difference. And then just with how much energy this team has came out and played with in the last few weeks, they will give themselves a chance. Where they will win this game is if they don't have self-inflicted wounds. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't turn the ball over, you don't have the pre-snap penalties, you don't have those types of things, you will give yourself a chance because of how good our offense can be to win this game. But you go out there and you live in third and long because you're bad on first down or you get a holding penalty or whatever, we're going to give a really hard time. We have the talent, we have the ability can we execute, which has been the question for the last decade. 60 seconds. What's your take on Tom Brady in Tampa? Uh, does this tailspin uh, continue or do they shake out of it? He's working on three straight losses for the first time in his, in his career. You know, I think Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers all need to call each other and be like, yeah, yeah, we effed up. We, uh, we should have got out of here last year. You know, I think they all should have bounced. And I, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, maybe not. I'm joking with him a little bit, but the other two for sure. I think he's, he's reached that point where Peyton reached, whereas like Peyton won his last Super Bowl because he was efficient and they had a great defense. You know, and I think that he's reached the point where he's a game manager, but that's not Tom Brady and he can't help himself. He's going to push the ball. He's going to do everything. I don't think they pull out of this. And I think Tom has a sour taste in the last, maybe his last year. If, if you're the, the Buccaneers in this continues do you think about benching tom brady never nope never <laughs> you can't bench him you can bench matt ryan all the live one game. you cannot put tb12 on the bench i don't care how bad you are searles it'll be interesting to see how the weekend of the nfl goes uh be sure to follow searles uh, at searles 71 underscore hskr and uh great former husker nfler uh, jeremiah always great to get caught up bud we always appreciate your insight and time and have a good weekend we'll do this again absolutely appreciate you guys hey go big red pardon the interruption but i'd like to save you some money I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe 
promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Vison Sports Network's Danny Burke with us at Danny Burke Fives, where you follow him on Twitter. He's been affectionately known as the Pride of Chicago for years on this show, and we welcome in Danny. Danny, big slate of NFL, and, uh, well, the home state uh, squad is here in Lincoln. You're a Chicago guy just down the road, way down the road. Champaign, uh, Illinois, invades this weekend. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Schmitty. I'll be doing a lot better if Nebraska can play a clean game against the Fighting Illini because it seems like, uh, I don't know how many years it's been, but, I, you know, the Illini <laughs> just uh, have always played Nebraska pretty well, to say the least. And Brett Bielema's got his squad looking okay, Schmitty. Danny, uh, but before we dive into this game too much, the last time Nebraska won a game against a ranked opponent was at home against Oregon back in 2016. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was a senior in high school. What were you doing at the time? I was so I was dodging my phone calls. That's right. Yeah, exactly. I was. I think that was my junior year in like what was it, 2016, maybe somewhere around there. And I, I just remember that. And like Nebraska was undefeated going into, it and Tommy Armstrong was literally carrying the team on his back, and it was an incredible win. But I think everybody deep down knew that Nebraska wasn't that good of a team because what they got ranked like top 10 after that we're like yeah that's probably not how it should be and then what they got walloped by ohio state and uh yeah then it all went downhill from there <laughs> they to, to nebraska's credit they were number six in the country and barely lost in overtime at wisconsin that's what I, okay then, there you go then there the go. then the uh the uh the nuke fest the, the following <laughs> week at ohio state where we thought right. tommy tommy armstrong may have been knocked out for good yeah, that's, that sounds more about right. Danny Burke with us. Uh, let's dive into Nebraska, Illinois. Minus seven and a half, eight in some spots, over under at 50. How are you diagnosing this? Are you uh, uh, betting your money or are you betting someone else's money? Are you touching this one? <laughs> well, I guess if I was betting someone else's money with no repercussions, I would, of course, be more uh, <laughs> to get involved here. Um, look, I've seen some sharp people take the points with Nebraska. I've also seen some of the sharp money naturally go toward Illinois because this thing did open as low as six, and like you said, Schmitty reached eight. But now you're kind of seeing some buyback on the Huskers. I even see a flat seven out in Las Vegas uh, at South Point, which is one of the casinos uh, RVs and studios are located in. So that's kind of interesting if you did want to jump back in on Illinois. Um, total open 52. That's moved down to 50 and a half. I've even seen a 49 and a half. So 49 and a half to 50 and a half is the range of the total. I, I get the love going to the under, thinking that Illinois can limit Nebraska's offense and that conversely, Illinois just doesn't have the most dominant offense. And their main source of offense comes from Brown, who can run the hell out of the ball. So that will take time off the clock. But I'm really not too interested in taking a total here. Man, I mean, here's the thing, and, and just like when they played Purdue, like giving Nebraska this many points is still tempting. Do we think they're going to win the game? Maybe not, probably not. I don't know. I, I have more confidence in them against Illinois than I did Purdue, but Nebraska catching about two touchdowns against the Boilermakers seemed absurd, and of course they ended up covering. I think the same situation is going to occur at Memorial Stadium with Nebraska hosting Illinois because, again, I mean, both of these teams had a bye week. 
And, you know, say what you want about Mickey Joseph. The big difference here is that the guys are fighting more so. I don't think head coaching-wise, Joseph is made out for the gig. He, he's got a lot of work to do with his time management and what to do in situational spots. But, again, he was thrown into a tough environment. But catching over a touchdown with his time to prepare and with how hot Illinois has been, I think, bodes well for Nebraska. You know what a lot of sharp betters like to do? especially in the NFL, if a team's really hot and going into the bye week, they usually like to fade them coming out because that slows their momentum. Conversely, a team that's struggling needs the bye week. They like to bet them afterward. It kind of fits the bill for this game. Illinois, a very hot team. Well, now that momentum has come to a halt a little bit. And for Nebraska, well, you know, yeah, they kept it close against Purdue and they beat Rutgers the week before, but now they have another reset with Mickey Joseph. So, again, if I'm getting over seven points, Schmitty, uh, I would probably lean toward taking it with the Huskers. But, again, this is if I'm betting someone else's money, not mine. I don't want to have to stress it out personally, but that's the angle I would approach. Danny, let's talk some NFL. Uh, an interesting slate of games this weekend. Let's start it off with Thursday night football tonight. The Buccaneers and the Ravens. The Bucks are a two-point home favorite despite just everything that's gone wrong for them this season. Yeah, and this number's gone all over the place. I mean, Tampa opened three. Then after they lost to, uh, you know, pretty much a CFL team in the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> and it flipped with the uh, Ravens going up to minus one and a half, and now it's flipped back. I know Clay has Campbell's out in this game. Uh, Mark Andrews is questionable. I haven't seen his latest status. But I kind of get it. Like, it's a short week. It's tough for this Ravens team that has really played sloppy in the second half of every single game. They almost blew a double-digit lead once again last week against the Browns. Thankfully, they didn't because they held out for my bet uh, that I had with uh, Moneyline Parlay. But, look, I I like this Ravens team a lot. It's just obviously there's something wrong in the second half. Clearly there's something wrong in their secondary, which Tom Brady and his plethora of weapons should be able to expose despite their offense thinking as of late. Short week advantage goes to Tampa Bay. Uh, everybody doubted out on Tampa Bay. That usually goes to advantage of the team that's looked bad the last week, except Tampa Bay's looked bad the last several weeks and really the whole year. But I didn't do anything with the side. I, I kind of leaned toward the total going over. But what I ended up playing here, boys, is Lamar Jackson under his passing yards. 213.5 is what I bet to the under. Lamar's only averaging 17 completions on 28 attempts for 200 passing yards himself. 61% completion rate, 11 yards per completion, which is fine. But you're going up against what still is a good Bucks defense. I know everything's negative around Tampa, but their defense has been holding relatively strong. They rank six against the pass, according to DVOA. They're allowing opposing quarterbacks just 210 passing yards per game, 9.1 yards per completion, 63% of the passes to be completed. So what I'm getting to is they're going against the Ravens offense that loves to run the ball. You love to have Lamar Jackson do RPOs, keep the ball himself. You want to wind down that clock and keep the big skin out of Tom Brady's hands. That's going to equal to Lamar Jackson maybe not having as big of a game in terms of the passing yardage, which we typically don't see from him anyways, right? I mean, you look at what happened, too, against P.J. Walker going on against the Bucs. I mean, Walker only completed 16 passes for a buck 77. They still managed to win the game with Chuba Hubbard and Dante Foreman. They can do the same exact recipe if you're Baltimore on a short week. Dak only threw for a buck 34. Marcus Mariota, mobile quarterback, 147. Really, the only big names who got over were Mahomes, Rodgers, and Winston, but they're throwing the ball over 35 times a game. So I have Lamar Jackson at about 18 of 30 for 180 yards in this game. So the fact that the prop market was giving me 213 and a half 
I thought that was a viable bet to go under. He has stayed under that mark in five out of seven games. Really, the only time he cruised over was against a really bad Dolphins secondary where they scored 38 points at 318 yards. The only other time he went over was against New England, and he barely got over at 218. So uh, I think Lamar Jackson, under his passing yards prop, is the top play for tonight's game. Danny, 30 seconds. Game you like most this weekend in the NFL. Uh, I got two for you really quick. I'll just talk about uh, I like the Patriots to bounce back against the Jets. I know the quarterback situation's all over the place, but the Jets clearly don't trust Zach Wilson. The Patriots still have a competent running offense, so I like New England. The Sharps like them, too. I took them on the money line. And then I like the 49ers to beat the Rams once again. They dominate them during the regular season. They've lost the last two games, which I think is going to bode well for them, needing a win against a weak Rams team despite them coming off a bye. It doesn't matter. Shanahan owns McVay in the regular season. Danny Burke, Vizan Sports Network. Danny, thanks for the time. You got it, fellas. Take care. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Thursday, Hail Varsity presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Get the podcast today, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and also Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Good stuff from Searles and Danny Burke. And, of course, Coach Barnett, Brandon Vogel loaded up. We are on the road tomorrow. Want to see you at single barrel, four to six. Get yourself a giant old steak. Get yourself a whiskey or beer. And uh, we're there 4 to 6 Friday, Roadshow Friday, and then again Saturday, 11.30 to 1.30. Pre-game Nebraska, Illinois, weekend edition gets going. Give me a good weekend of football, man. I sure hope so, because I look at it, and I'm, I'm a little bit scared for this weekend of football. With Illinois in town on Saturday, and the Broncos go play the Jaguars Sunday morning in London, like, this could be a disastrous weekend of Dude, football. Dude, just accept the fact that Saturday could go wrong. Yeah. And, and Sunday will go wrong. Say that? Well, come on, man. You got a, a, a just a nutted quarterback, and then it's fire sale time. The only hope you have as a Donk fan is that you can get rid of this coach and go find somebody else. Well, you're not wrong, but you don't have to say it. Like uh-huh. You're depressing me right now. It's just that you'll be okay. John's going to pour. We're going to sc- be okay. The Broncos. John, John's going to pour scotch and go recruit another quarterback. Me as a person, yes, I'll be fine. The Broncos, they're screwed. Mm-hmm. But they've looked like that all year. No, but for the, with, with, we, with we, that, we, we've mortgaged our future for Russell Wilson, and he's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, and I have hope he could at least be an average NFL quarterback. I have hope if if we can do that. Like he has he ability. Can salvage some things, I but, think he's wore out his, his his locker room already. But the problem is, is like usually when you have a season like this, yeah, you can go make up for it in the draft. But we traded away all our picks for this dude. Mm, well. We're screwed. And then our cap's screwed for the next seven years too because we're paid this dude way too much money. Even if we cut him, we have to pay the dead cap. It's terrible all, all around. <laughs> the Broncos, I might check out of for the next couple years unless something drastic happens over the next eight weeks because like. If if the rest of the season goes how I think, I don't think there's any hope that next season's going to be gonna, better. You are going to you are going to you are going to abstain from watching 
Denver football and you're going to hook up with Randy and you're going to start writing the children's book. Randy goes to the dispensary. <laughs> it's my, it's my big, it's my future. It's my, uh, my big break. Yep. Uh, Elijah is now an author. A uh, reminder to get buckled up using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. This may cheer you up. Staking a beer bet for tonight. Yeah. What are you thinking? Uh, I want you to pick first. Yeah, because we, we've determined over the past few months that whoever picks first tends to pick wrong. Well, actually, the the uh, more times than not, pick total opposite of what Elijah picks. Well, I'm going to take the Buccaneers to cover a two-point spread at home. Okay. I will take Baltimore and the two and gladly watch Levante ball mm-hmm. and Tom continue to throw fits. Okay. Well, the Buccaneers are going to win anyway. We'll see. And they're going to win by at least two. And Elijah's just going to, I want that. He's going to pick the steak off a glorious steak menu at the single barrel. We'll see you there tomorrow inside the graduate Hale Varsity Roadshow. Take care. Talk to you at four. A Huda Media Production.